We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and as you can tell by the title, this is not a proper podcast. So every time I do this, I feel like I owe you guys an explanation, and I did so last time, and I'm doing it again. Uh, we had something planned, but I don't think you guys wanted to hear us break down the game for two straight days. So instead, we have a little locker room session that we did this morning. We normally post these to Patreon, but for today, we're going to post it here. So, you know, just sit back and relax and listen to our little therapy session. I'm here. Tiff's here. Siobhan's here. Jack's here. Alf's here. It's a little bit heat beat, heat beat hodgepodge on locker room. Um, and I don't know. I, I just kind of felt like there was a lot to this game and we're going to have time. We're going to we're going to break it down tomorrow. Uh, Twitch.tv slash MIA Heatbeat uh, 7 p.m. Frankie and I are, are coming on to kind of talk more about the game in depth. Uh, we actually originally had planned to do two pods. So one today with Frankie and I and then tomorrow with a with a, with the Milwaukee Bucks guest. But I figured that you guys might not want to hear from a Bucks guest and it's been testing between Heat Twitter and Bucks Twitter. So we were going to spare you. We we're going to keep this shit in house. Uh so we just want to kind of give you the little content that we did. I know it's playoffs so it, we're, we're we're doing a balance, right? We want to respect the audience and we also want to uh give you guys some, some stuff. So this is kind of this feels good. I mean, this was kind of a vent session with some of our listeners and other people on the locker room app. If you're not on it, get on it. We do it after every game. Uh, get the locker room on iOS or Android. It's fun. It's a good time. You could talk to us, give us your takes, and and listen, enjoy, sit back, and uh, he- here we go. Uh, our locker room special episode. This is a locker room production. Good morning, Tiff. Good morning, G. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know what? <laughs> I I gotta I gotta be one hundred percent honest. Sure. I I legitimately got a headache from last night's game. I had to take Advil. I felt oh, so no. bad. I was like, <laughs> and I'm not like an you know it's weird. Like I'm not like an angry. Like I don't watch sports angry, right? Like I don't like maybe like I'll lash out on Twitter if like something bothers me. But for the most right. part, like I don't get upset. I, I'm like my mom like gets mad, right? She's mm. mad at Bam. She's mad at Jimmy. She's mad at everybody. Right. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and my mom's yelling in three different languages at everybody to the point that she's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to bed. I work too hard for to deal with this shit. I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. <laughs> and then she just says, Lopez is a million feet tall. Of course he hits everything. And then she goes, who is Brid Forbes? What is wrong with his mustache? <laughs> so I have that in my ear. And I, I'm like, I can't, I can't. Do, this is like too much going on. 
I can't. I got, I ended with a headache. I, it's hilarious. I mean, we're, you know, I was watching in my house in the living room and, and my wife and daughter were like back and forth. And right before Jordan goes to bed, Kim looks at the score, but she doesn't say anything. <laughs> right. And, and, uh, first of all, Iguodala is the only player she knows. So t- take what? that for, yes, take that for what it is. So she looks at the score again and she looks at me, but she doesn't say anything. She goes and puts Jordan to bed and she comes back and she goes, Oh, and then she just like goes into the room, does the Peloton, comes back and she goes, I'm just going to ask you a question. And I was like, okay. And she goes, so who's the star on the heat? (laughs) And I go tonight. Nobody. <laughs> That's Mr. Deadman disrespect. <laughs> Did you see that tweet that Chef Truly tweeted out? And it's like Deadman on the heat, and it's like a Lamborghini park, like this rundown. Garage. Yes, yes, it's like so crazy. Like she literally just looked at the score and was like, "Who's the star?" <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> I was just like, nobody. <laughs> Honestly, you know, and it's funny because of what we were talking about in our group chat. It was kind of Bobby Portis to me because he was so bad on defense that the only time the Heat looked like they could score was when they were going up Bobby and drop. Right. <laughs> it was, man, what a uh, what a weird night. I mean, it, you know, Tiff, and welcome everybody to our locker room. I like her. I like that cold open. That was fun. Um <laughs> You know, they had that loss in the the regular, I think it was the second, or no, it was the first game that they played in the regular season, right? It was the first mm-hmm. that they just get absolute. it, it looked like that. Right, That's what right. it looked like. That Maybe the regular season one was worse, like technically, um, but they get absolutely, like, so this isn't like new to them, right? And, and right. you know, so, you know, I can't even say like, I'm surprised. I mean, I am surprised when like Bryn Forbes is hitting like everything. Like It, that, it was a little bit. It was a little ridiculous. And if you look at the scoring margin after the first quarter, it was like a relatively even game. I think the Bucks were like plus four or, or three or something like that. It wasn't a lot. So the, really the game was in the first quarter, but I mean, it, was, it, it unraveled so, I mean, that unraveled so quickly. Oh, yeah. It unraveled so quickly. And nobody played well other than Deadman. I mean, really, De- Deadman. I mean, I, I think kind of you saw life from Bam. Mm-hmm. Right in a way that I think is I'm trying to find positives here, Tiff. I think no, I'm listening. I, I I'm listening. I'm with you. <laughs> they had he got, he got a little life. Uh, he, he was getting downhill. He had you know some some moves where he muscled over guys. Right. I, right. I, yeah. So their defense, I don't think sat bad. A lot of that was Tyler and Nunn losing Bryn Forbes, which like that's just who they are. That, right. that shouldn't surprise us. Right. Um, but I don't know. Do you, is there anything positive that, that you want to take? I mean, the, I we're, try, just, we're trying to be positive out here. Right, right. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, was I felt worse this morning about it than I did yesterday. Like, that's the it's funny because this morning I woke up and I was like, like, I don't I don't care about a loss, but show the hell up. Yeah. You know, like, that's how I feel. Like, I don't care about a loss. Just show up. Show up and have some pride. Like there's a difference, you know, like they didn't play with energy. They didn't play with effort. It's just show up and have some pride. So it's like if you lose to the better team, you tip your hat and you keep going. Um, I think also like, honestly, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And we can't, I, I, I always say like, I'm not the gatekeeper of everybody's emotions. So if you're pissed off about it, be pissed off. If you're okay about it, be okay. And you're allowed to express all these emotions because this is the type of team, they're a roller coaster, a coaster team. So if you ride or die with them, that means you're going to have, you know, roller coaster emotions. And I think that like last night's game, it put people on edge. And honestly, I kind of like it because it really does show that like, they do have a, 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 a real fan base. Like people love this team. We care. Yeah. People love this team. People, you know, people, we haven't had uh, sports like real sports in how long. So people were looking forward to going to the games and all these things. And then 
you know, you get this. You get you get this 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 you know you, you, you get this. right. It was a shellacking, and honestly, I I I'm I'm a little scared that um Jimmy had to put the cape on too much this season. Coming off of all the injuries, coming off of COVID, I'm a little afraid that like because I I thought he was going to have a great game last night, and we all did. Yeah, and if the body's not willing, it doesn't matter what the mind wants to do. Mind didn't I want to get there either. I don't know. I uh, I was gonna say that. Wait, is that Jack? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Jack. Objectively, look, I love Jimmy. I love Bam. Objectively, this was a very funny game. You got to put away your heat tandem for a bit. No, it is. Jack's right. How much shit Jimmy was talking all year, especially before the series. Giannis comes into the series, says, I don't know if we're going to win. I don't know what's going to happen. And we, we clowned him. Kicks him in the chin. And we clowned him. Everyone was making jokes, getting their <laughs> jokes off. We put the Heat and Five shirt on them. And... Uh-huh. We we deserved every part of that loss. And I also think that Bucks team in the game, too, is way closer to the real Bucks than the game one. No, you're crazy. I disagree with you about that. No. Well, I, okay, I, well, they shot 16% from three. In I the kept first saying game. They shot 41% from three in the second game. They're 39%. Right. Three. I kept saying they were going to shoot the three better in the second game. And I mean, because they're good three point shooting team. And yeah, also the, the 140 in regulation is not. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing where I figured they would shoot the three better because our guards will regress to the mean. Which means they they're they're not gonna take they're not gonna be able to get out on them for seven games like they're not they're not strong enough they're not fast enough and honestly they don't read the they don't read the offense well enough to know when to go when not to go yeah. so they were open you you can't keep giving people open looks and think they're gonna miss. I mean, we're bearing the lead here, guys, where the Heat do not have their best player in the series, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, he's not here. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't think we would expect a team to succeed without their most important asset on both ends of the floor, really. So, I mean, credit to the Heat for even fighting that game one without him. I mean, right. <laughs> not to be a Debbie Downer, but the, the shame is that Goron looks really good. Goron looks better than I thought yep. he would look in the series. Gogi looks great. Yeah. The Warriors are doing their jobs. Yeah. He's I mean, yeah. Start. He looks Goran, good. Uh, so I don't have the stats from last game, but I know that he, he was good. I mean, in the regular season, he was like 0.8 point per possession as a pick and roll handler. In this series, he's like 1.35. Which is like, it's yeah, like LeBron true. levels of good. Yeah. It's like, what would this come from, dude? He used to get in the rim. Like, he had bursts. I'm like, damn. He's, I, honestly, I wanted to tweet <laughs> Pat Riley and Jimmy Butler sold Goran Dragic a lie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> Honestly, they're wasting probably his last good playoff series. Like, I don't think he's going to have this going next year. They wasted two Dragic games and the Deadman Extraordinaire game. Yeah, they did. Sam <laughs> and Jimmy right, made that this to be embarrassed. <laughs> Guys, imagine if, if they win that game with Deadman giving that performance. How good hangover time would have been. Uh, that would have been amazing. That it would have been, been a legendary night for the That would have been amazing. 
Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball player strikes out when the bases are loaded. The best golfer sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. And the whole process is discreet and straightforward. Get Getting started is simple. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete the online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 to get $15 off your first month. Look, that's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get to roman.com slash heatbeat21. Go get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Somebody, somebody in our chat last night, I think it was Vane Hype, and they said that, uh, that, that, this is, uh, that this is Deadman's hobby, that his day job is really a mechanic. <laughs> it's just his passion. Not even, That's... he's doing this for his like, nephew as a favor. He's out put it. <laughs> Good morning, Al. The gold bond on. Hey guys. Hey Al. First time, long time. You sound sad. <laughs> no, I'm not sad because I know it's because it's still heating five. <laughs> Let's go. Buy shirts. Buy the shirt. Buy the store right now. <laughs> go to shop.miamiheatbeat.com and buy the shirt. It's always heating five. Listen, y'all sound like a bunch of cowards. No guts. None. Where's where's the culture in this locker room? There's no None. culture. No. <laughs> I, Let me I'll tell say, you guys. Yeah. A very positive thing about this series is I, I'm a big believer that Pat Riley needs to be frequently embarrassed because that's what yes. he's at his best. I think he does get really high on himself sometimes, and that's why you see off seasons like the one this off season. And just give Bam and Jimmy and Pat and Spo a, a full off season of embarrassment, and they're going to come out firing, and they're going to win and seven titles. You don't even need embarrassment. You just Let's need you. Thing. You just need a mirror put up in front of you to see the truth. Well, why Spo catch a straight? Was I fought last night too? You don't give up. What was it? They were on a fourteen and two run. You call a timeout and you come out and you just give up, have a eighteen second offensive possession. I end up in a turnover and they hit two more threes. And then it was like, all right, well, here's the first quarter. We're just going to do their best. I think the coaching staff was equally responsible as Jimmy and Bam for the failure of last night. But we got. I mean, things just have to change. And they got game three to do it at home. But man, if we lose, we lose on Thursday. A lot, a lot of big changes are going to have to happen. Even when they, even if they lose the series, a lot of changes have to happen. If they like win the series, a lot, a lot of changes. Of, exactly. <laughs> you can't run. You can't run this team back where half of them don't even run down the court on transition. So you can't bring. You just can't bring them back. Like, Only the old guys did. Exactly. Desmond and Gogi. <laughs> Trevor Reza, Trevor Reza looks like he wants to go back. Get his ass the, out of here. That dude is sucked. Oh, no, my God. Wait, wait, wait. We you want to go back to the hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. We're not doing this. Hold up, hold up. Let me just, let me, let me just say this. We're not doing this this morning on Trevor Ariza. This ain't the matchup for him. At it's all. We said he, it before. We said it before the series. We said it before the yes, series. Yes. This is, you, you, he's a good role player, but this if, ain't it. This I didn't like that shit he did to Giannis. I didn't like that shit he did to Giannis, <laughs> and I didn't like the Goron thing to Middleton. And, and I don't, I, I don't like that. You're losing. You look. That's going outside. I hated that. Yeah, if that, that man he wants to go back to the Safeway and bag groceries. You don't want to play no more. <laughs> this ain't the matchup for him because no. guess what? A, a week and a half ago, we were touting him when he was doing his thing. It's just that guess it's what? Giannis matchup. is a beast. So you ain't got the brute strength of Jay Crowder. Because he's just backing him down, backing him down, backing him down. That's all he's doing. So either you're going to put, and let's be realistic, either you're going to put Bam on him or Giannis is going to eat. That's it. 
Because you got nobody else. Remember when we had multiple guys that could guard Giannis? Oh, you mean a couple of a couple of uh, months ago? Yeah, a few months ago. That was yeah, yeah. long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. Long, 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 long time ago. I'm, I'm gonna get out of here, but I do. I, I want to agree with something that Jesse said that the coaching staff, and I said this on last night's Hangover Time, they they there's some fault there. Like at some point, we got to stop fucking being cute. They are bigger than us. They are stronger than us. And you keep running out of reason at the four. It's not that man's fault. Like, he's just, he's not, like you guys said, he's not equipped to be a four in this series. And the coaching staff continue, like, and just the whole, like, you know, like Jack was saying, the hubris about this yep. team in this front office, where you run it back, you know, you're the smartest guy in the room. You don't think you need a point guard. You don't need a power forward. You just play. You just play this little cute, positionless basketball, and then a bigger team comes in and punches you in the fucking mouth, and that's what happens. Can we I get don't. Can we get some Bam and uh, Bam and Deadman rotations? Because I feel like for this series, that's going to be the adjustment they're going to need to try to do in Game Three. Like, can we just see what Deadman has starting next to Bam? I don't think they'll start him, but I think they'll go to it. I think they're more likely to start Bailey next to them. That that I could see happening. That's starting Deadman to try to get that uh, Kelly drop coverage replication. Yeah, and like everyone on Twitter made fun of me when I brought this up last night, but I was like, like a legitimate element to their offense against the Bucks last year was Olenek pick and pop, and Olenek was like plus twenty next yeah. in that series. That's because not he why was, people were making fun of you for that. He was you were right, adventure. but it was just like they were down thirty. So why are you bring up Kelly Olenek? Oh, I only brought up Kelly Olenek because Christian in the chat brought up Olenek, and I started thinking about it. And I looked at the I looked at the net rating of last year, and I was remembering that we talked about it a lot. It's like, man, Kelly's just fucking destroying these bench units, and I just remembered. And then I was accused of uh, having a take just to have a take. Well, can I defend the Oladipo trade real quick? I think it was absolutely, if anything. Oh, you do that game proved that all the moves they made in the midseason were absolutely right. Like Mm -hmm. uh, some Raptors fan um, who I follow was saying like, oh, teams that should have traded for Kyle Lowry are now one and four. This is definitive proof that trading for Kyle Lowry would have been a horrible idea. Call him out. Anthony Doyle said, uh, yeah, (laughs) um, that Miami should have traded for Kyle Lowry. Like this is proof that they made all the right moves in the midseason. There was just no rescuing them from right. all of the other things going against them. <laughs> Depot was always a high risk move, but there was, you know, you had to make it because it was, that was a low the only risk. way you could get upside. Right, right. Low risk, medium reward. Yeah, yep. low risk, but there was the the injury was always going to be a problem. And, right. You know, it turned out not turning out well, but the reason Deadman move was great too, like. The, the front office is not stupid. They just kind of had a dumb offseason, and it's hard to overcome the short shortest offseason in NBA history. It looks right. like it looks like none of the conference finalists are really overcoming it. Like, the Nuggets look good, but, you know, everybody's been kind of screwed by it. The Celtics are a first-round out. Lakers, I'm not going to say they are a first-round out, but they didn't look they wonderful against the Suns. They, they might scored be. more points last night than the Lakers did. In their game. Yeah, I'm just not going to bet against LeBron until I see it. (laughs) No, I just think, yeah. And I feel like I've kind of been just like sprinkling this in the whole season. Like no one was going to save them from themselves. Because this is a hodgepodge of players that, you know, are good on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday may or may not show up. So th- we're we're getting what we've gotten. <laughs> well, that's why. Yeah, I said that last night. I was like, "This has been the whole season. We have had a whole season where we're talking about them being inconsistent." It's like, no, they've been consistently bad. Honestly, like, they've been <laughs> consistently, consistently disappointing. Is what it is. That's, now we're in the playoffs. We kept trying to get them to flip the switch, and this just might be it. I mean, you can't but, score under 100 points in the playoffs, regardless of who you're playing. So they've been, they've been. Good morning, guys. Morning, um, morning. I agree that they've been fairly inconsistent uh, all season, but to kind of gloss over the fact that they've been playing so much better and doing different things toward the latter part of the season, I think is, um, is, is 
is the wrong thing to do. Yeah, yeah, for the large part of the season, they've looked like, you know, the team that we've seen. But they were doing different things. They were looking at different stuff. Bam was doing different things. People were cutting. People were moving. They were doing stuff that we felt good about. They're yeah, off. My bad. Siobhan's my point. bad. I was on my work. There was an announcement. But yeah, they were doing things that that we felt better about going into the season. We were going we were playing well and Brass had to keep telling people, Don't be fooled, don't be fooled because they had started to look better. Um and, and I think they just have gone away from so much of of what, you know, made them start to re- Well that's my that's where my criticism of the coaching staff comes from, because I don't understand you know, execution is a big part of it, but like, I don't understand what happened from what was it ten days ago? When we're playing Boston two in a row, and then we play Philly, and the offense just looks so revitalized. And we're thinking, hey, this is the rotation we're going to run with for the playoffs. So this is the offense we're going to use. And to now, where it looks like the offense we had in January, I just don't understand where that regression came from. I don't know. If it's, I think it's purely Bam and Jimmy. It is. It I is. think you're right, Jack. It's it is. It's really Jimmy and Bam. It starts it and ends with them. Yeah, it is. And and guess what? Let, I mean, I just keep looking at it this way. Even even Cinderella had to lose that glass slipper. It's just, this is it. No matter how good they play for stretches, they still always revert back to, and guess what? They always do it at the inopportune times. And that's what's happening right yep. now. So guess what? When do we play again? Thursday? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah. So guess what? They could go out Thursday and win the game by 20 because that's who they are. Yep. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the biggest frustration with the team because you know at some point they could go beat anybody by 20. But we also know they could lose by 30. You know, Tiff and, and Savon, like, and, and, like, they do not have an answer for the drop when their pull-ups aren't going. They do right. have an answer that Bam's just not answering it. And there you go. Jack, 100%. The phone is ringing and nobody's home. But that's my, that's my point, open. though. Like, Jimmy's getting to the spot and not connecting. Bam has kind of pulled up a couple of times and it hasn't looked good. Bam won't look. You got to keep shooting Bam won't look at the basket. Yeah. Kendrick, it's not it's falling. The only guy who's getting what he wants is Gorn. Consistently, <laughs> and to be honest with you, Duncan, but they didn't go to him a ton. I mean, well, he like, got schemed off the floor last night. Let's be realistic. I, don't, I, don't know I think about he that. did. I, I, they I couldn't mean, get I, the ball to him. They, they didn't, but they didn't run. They didn't run their stuff. I mean, they were like that. That to me was like, if you're gonna look at like what the coaches have did, like I didn't see him run. And I'm gonna rewatch the game later, but I did not see him run off a single double screen. To, to catch off the DHO, which is like... It, it, it looked like to me they couldn't pass the ball to him. That's what it they, looked like to me. I think they tried to make a concerted effort to run things for Bam and Jimmy in that first quarter, and it just they went so have. fucking sideways on them. They couldn't and, the, yeah. for the second play of the game, they ran a post up. For well, they, Bam. we know I they know. ran two straight Dude, plays. Bam, they ran two straight plays for Bam. <laughs> two yeah, <laughs> second possession. I was like, "What?" They got something. Don't post that guy's bigger than you. Yeah, I gotta go, y'all. But yeah, the, the Bam and Jimmy. I think it's they're they're the only ones anybody needs to look at. Hero, not worth looking at. Um, because he's just <laughs> this is who he is. I, I mean, no, I know, I know Jack, you mean, Jack. Jack, you, you and I have said this. No, yeah. you and I have said this all yep. year. Yes, you and I have said this. <laughs> he he was their fifth best player in a or yeah, their fifth best player last year, and that's cool. And I think he's gonna bounce back, but he's just not the guy he's not on Jimmy and Bam's level. Jimmy and Bam are the stars. They've had good they'd have me and G on the pregame show before game one, what did we say? We said well, we know Jimmy and Bam are going to do their jobs. It's up to everybody else to do their jobs. It's been the opposite. It's been the Other people opposite. have done their jobs. Goran did his job. Duncan's done his job. Deadman did his job. It, you got everyone the did their job shit. the first game. Yeah, and I, I do think this is the kick in the ass that Bam needs to get his shit together. Because you're right, Siobhan, he is not looking at the basket at all. 
unless it's absolutely necessary. And he's the only one open on the floor sometimes. And it's a gift because he is way too good an offensive player to be left open. Like he's, and let's let's be honest. He's a better shooter than Jim. Yes. Yeah. So in the mid range. Yes. When you leave him open. Yeah, for sure. Not, Especially now. Not only has he been the most open, you know, some of the times. Bam is consistently the most open player yep. on the floor this entire series. The whole series. It's inexcusable. It is. They're punking him. They're 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 punking him. They're punking the shit out happen. of him, and they're like, he's letting it happen. You're absolutely. And I don't never... want to take blame off Bam, but I do think there's something in the scheme that's like encouraging this because Jimmy does the same thing where he's overpassing, and it's not nearly as bad as Bam, but I I do think there's something there where I just he wasn't always like this. Like I, he wasn't like this last year. I I just. There has to be some explanation for it. Jack Obviously, doesn't take any, any, any of the weight off him fucking up. Like he's still what I, what I genuinely think it is, and this has been kind of emblematic, and it's happened all season. When they drop on him, and that's in the scouting report, he is not gonna go at you, right? Yeah. So when the big is dropped, even if he's in the mid post or he's on the elbow, right, the bigs aren't playing up to him. Right, which is what he wants because he wants to use quickness. He doesn't want to use the other stuff. So when they're dropped and he doesn't have that option, he takes one dribble, maybe pulls up, maybe doesn't. He's kind of shaky on that, but that's why he's he's looking for the other option, right? Because they'll build in two or three things off those actions, and the last one he wants to do is kind of go at these guys, and, and that's just who he is, and that's fine, but. I mean, the drop? They, they can't solve drop for two straight series because the Lakers did it, and it, it really kind of hindered Jimmy in, in those later games. Um, but that's why you also need a shooting big. The drop, the, way be, that they, the drop should be the most advantageous cover for him because we've seen if he's done nothing else all season, if he hasn't driven, if he hasn't got to the line, if he hasn't you know, exhibited any post moves, at least he has been consistently taking that mid-range shot. So the drop should be playing right. perfectly into his wheelhouse. Yeah, but Siobhan, I mean, if you look at the season, like when bigger dudes are in drop, Gobert, Aiton, these kind of like big guys, it's always bothered him. Those few yeah. games look horrible. It doesn't make sense. And, yeah. and, well, and, and again, well, it's also kind I of agree like with, you, it doesn't make sense. with the with the with the shot that he has. If you look at the spacing on the floor. When he catches the ball in that position, he shouldn't even be dribbling. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a catch and shoot. That's a that's a pure catch and shoot. And you know what? If he misses twenty, I'm okay. But take it, take it. There's no dribbling in that situation. Take the shot. I like him going downhill. I don't. I don't want him to always do that. But I, I, but I, you I, gotta I, get, but you gotta see something grow, go through the yeah. basket. And I, if they're you giving gotta, you, you gotta if, tone set though, I, right? I, but I, I, right, but I'm saying, but see, here's the difference when you're when you're physically out there, and that's the that's what they're giving you to start. If you get a couple of those to drop, do you exactly. know what that does for the confidence? Oh, 100%. Because yeah. that's why he needs that jump shot to fall. They forced him into the post twice. And he fucked up twice. He's a bad post player. Don't force him. Don't force him into the post. Let his game happen naturally. Let the pull up hit first. Then put him on the elbow and let him turn and drop. He has to face up. Like it should be a <laughs> yes, it should be a three step progression for his offense in every game. Yeah, I this is the last thing I'll say before I go, but yeah, I think you're one hundred percent on the money with Bam. I do think like, this is the hurdle he needs to make to be a yep. superstar. And I do think he makes it in the offseason. I, I trust him yes. to respond yes. to this shit. This is but what you I need. Think, I, I think sub, a couple of people in the chat have mentioned different things about how the team's constructed. And it really for Jimmy's aging going forward. Yes. And honestly, for Bam to play the game he wants to play, because he does want to be a facilitator. And you don't want to make him not a facilitator. They need to find somebody who is their go-to scorer because I oh yeah can make that adjustment but I don't think that's the best band that you want I think oh yeah and and Jimmy's not going to age well if he has to be a go-to scorer they need a pure score somebody that just says give me the ball get out of the way and that's what people I know that's what I myself mean when I say Jimmy 
cannot be the your primary option. Jimmy is yep. not offensively talented. I don't care what anyone says. He is not a pure scorer in the in the he doesn't have the mindset to go out and he has the mind to do whatever it takes to win. But like Tiff said, he's not a give me the rock, I'm gonna go get a bucket. Bam definitely isn't. And so I know for me, that's what I mean when I say Jimmy, it's not Jimmy can't be our primary guy on that end of the floor. He yeah, well, he injures himself throwing himself at the yeah. rim. Like, the way he that does too. go out and get a yep. bucket is yep. detrimental to, to his himself. health. To his no, I'm out of here, y'all. Yep. Bye, Jack. Later, Jack. Hey, Jesse, thank you You're so much. Uh, we're going to get a couple other folks in here. You're the best, bro. <laughs> Good talk to you. Uh, okay. Homie, legend, heat beat, lifer, Eric the Great. What's up, Eric? Morning, Eric. What's up, everybody? Hey, hope Eric. Everybody, hope, hope everybody's doing well. Um, I just, I just, I'm at work right now, so I just got a quick question. Uh, when does Game Two start? <laughs> <laughs> Thursday at 8 p.m. Thursday. Okay, I'll be there. Yeah, um, we'll be ready. That was we a, have the Weird Al free game show 30 minutes before tip off. Remember, <laughs> that was. Uh, I, I just have one wor- way to describe that game was. Uh, a nightmare, a, a shit show, you know, whatever you want to call it. It was a, I, I don't think I watched past the second quarter. Must be nice. I get to watch it again later. All right. Uh, be well, you guys. <laughs> Love you, Eric. You're the best. All right. Yep. We're going to get in another, another life right here. Curtis Hero. What hey, up? good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Curtis. Um, you know, I've been a diehard fan of this team since 1996 and watched almost every playoff game. And I can't recall a time, you know, there's been some demoralizing losses. I always think about, I still think about Alan Houston making that game winner. But the, the, the shellacking that we saw last night created such a pit in my stomach. I felt sick all morning. I don't even want to follow. I'm not, I deleted Zach Lowe's podcast off my phone. I want to follow any NBA coverage until game three. That's how I felt after the Mavs loss in 2011. That that's very all right. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely up there. But in terms of at least then we knew the team was going to come back, right? I I think Game Three is going to be one of the most uh, quintessential important games for this squad moving forward. How do they respond after getting their ass kicked, right? Being demoralized, and if we drop Game Three, I think that. I, I think we have to look at this offseason as a complete remaking of the roster. Uh, so, you know, I, I think the flip side is, you know, the silver lining in the situation could be it's going to give us clarity. How does this team show up in game three? It, are we competitive? Can we pull it out? And if we have another poor showing, then I think that gives us a lot of answers, right? And there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made on Duncan Robinson, on Kendrick Nunn. And we got to talk about it on Tyler Hero's future because we call him, you know, the asset. And I got to be real. The way, go ahead. Oh, nothing. I said y'all. The, I mean, the, yeah. <laughs> the way he's playing, like, how big an asset is he for us at this point? I feel there's some depreciation. So, anyway, I just wanted to share some of my grief and say that, you know, game three is going to be huge for us. How do we show up in response to this? Thank you. I think, I, I think, Curtis, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. And that, that, to be honest with you, the element I didn't think of was kind of these dudes that are on the hook to get paid. Like, how are they going to approach that? And we could talk about that in a later time. We're going to have plenty of time uh, whenever the whenever their, their season ends. But they... <laughs> Listen, they're staring down a barrel of, like... Yeah. And, and, and you know, Tiff and Siobhan, like, they have, you know, as much as the Bucks are exercising their demons, um, which is clear, this is an exorcism for them. Right. Miami has something to prove because nobody takes what they did seriously. And right. it's 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 unfair because nobody says shit to the Lakers and it's only us. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. And they kind of have this kind of hanging over them. And I think that game three, like Curtis said, is going to be really telling because the takes on the timeline were flying. It was some people even said like Jimmy Butler, like tricked y'all into thinking he was good. I was like, Jimmy just had an all NBA season. What are you talking about? Like, it's it's wild what people are like saying on the Internet. Um, and t- that's going to matter. Whatever they do is going to matter. Um, Nathan, bringing Nathan in. Hey, what's good, everyone? What's up, man? 
Yeah. So, um, my only question is, is that like, what happened to Tyler Hero like over the past years? Like, he was so automatic, like his rookie season. Like, I just don't remember him playing that bad. It's it's the, uh, it's he, the he struggled in the rookie season. <laughs> it's a I mean, real. Like, it's a his real bubble NBA is overstated. Season. His yeah. bubble's overstated. Tiff, oh, you yeah. agree, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do agree with that. It's a real NBA season right now. That's happening. like they're actually traveling. They're actually playing playoff games in other people's arenas. There's crowd. You're not now. you're not secluded. It's not just you and the homies. Like it's a this is what it really looks like. This is what it feels like. And also, everybody got an opportunity to watch him it put it on Celtics last year and say, Oh, so he liked to do this, but he can't do this. Got it. Yep. That's what happened. <laughs> You put you went all into your bag and you pulled out your snarl and all these things, but you didn't go into the weight room. Yeah. yeah so, so everybody, everybody now schemes for him. And even when he's on the court, it's hard for him to get a shot off right now because he's yep. small. Yep. Mm-hmm. What, and I do think that regardless. That... Oh, go ahead. Um, I do think that regardless, even if you guys win or lose the series, I think that Tyler Hero might be on the chop, like trading block this at the end of this offseason. Anyways, he was at the deadline. He was at the deadline. He was already <laughs> traded in my mind. Wait, who else was on the train block? I thought there were like other players too, like Him, um, Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn, yeah. Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson. Um, there were a few other players all on too. The block. I had heard that Nunn's agent was told. Uh, expect to be moved. I thought so. he was going to be part of the all um the all depot trade, though. But I'm just no, they, they, had, they had too much leverage yeah. <laughs> there, and they need, they just needed because his salary is so little. Like you just got like somebody has to really want him, right? right. Like he's not you, he's not like it's not helping you get to a certain figure. So it's like somebody needs to, and you know he didn't look. I, I, I mean, he wasn't like. He he really started playing really well after the deadline. It was really before that it was like, yeah, well, really? Because then we have to pay him, and why would we want that? And let's just not. So, yeah. And I do think that if Oladipo was healthy during the series, I think the series would have probably been a lot more different. Maybe they could have won Game One, maybe or maybe Game Two would have been such a big blowout. But yeah, like a healthy Oladipo would have probably helped right now. I mean, especially on defense, because right. I, I mean. That first quarter was as bad a defensive performance as I've seen. I mean, they were overhelping off things that I didn't think needed overhelping. Tyler, I mean, that that there was that one Bryn Forbes, he missed the three. Tyler's like under the basket, not guarding anybody, and then they swing at a Forbes. And I was like, How do you lose that guy? Right. right. And it was, it was a lot of that. Yeah, not only that, like watching the game, I've s I was I, I saw the moment when Trevor Reza like got off Giannis. Like trying to like push off him, I was like, "Damn, he's really trying everything in his best to try to get under Giannis's skin right now." But it didn't work, obviously. You like that? Working. You're not a Heat fan, right, Nathan? You're you're a. Uh... Um, well, I've been watching Heat games though this season, and I know that like, um, I guess I just wanted your perspective on that as somebody who's like not a Heat fan, because like I, some Heat fans liked it, and I on was what? like, I don't on know. what the Trevor Reza situation? Yeah, I was like, that's kind of. I mean, you're being you're being a punk, dude. Like, listen. You're, you're, you're getting your ass kicked on TV and, and you're trying to do that. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, Trevor Reza, dude, like, he's he's basically like a definition of like like the dog on your team, basically. And like, obviously, he's not, he's not basically going to be your main focus on like offense, but like, he's obviously like, there's a like, basically, um, talk, basically, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, 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 I get you. I get you. Yeah. yeah. And basically, what happened last night was like, I saw what he was doing though. I was like, okay, he's trying to get under Giannis' skin. He's trying to make him, you know, talk, talk back, basically. But he, Giannis didn't bite the bait. Even like during a second time when he had like a second scuffle and he started playing um, soccer with the basketball, I was like, yeah, dude, there's nothing you guys can do basically to get under Giannis' skin. And even if he did, I don't think it's going to be like noticeable. I don't know. Good points. Nathan, I appreciate you uh, stopping through. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, Siobhan, I, I, Siobhan can, can I ask you a question? Let's close on this. We were talking in our group chat um, before I, we started uh, about Bobby Portis. You think Bob, I think Bobby's been like legit bad. I think he's been like the worst buck. The only time the Heat get any offense going is when they attack Bobby and Bobby. <laughs> Um, I'm not, I, yeah, I'm like, 
Bobby's been the Heat's best player, like Loki. So what? So my, I feel like my point is being misconstrued here a little bit. So maybe. No, Bobby, that's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Bobby specifically himself wouldn't have, you know, been Miami's answer. But this idea that there are just so many guys out there who objectively would help and and heat fans are just so uh no we don't want that guy oh no he doesn't fit the culture oh no he this he that like that what do you mean what do you mean people say don't fit the culture because i saw you say that and i i didn't really understand like oh that that. whole you know like the the well a lot of that for me was um kind of hearkening to the james harden situation but just this idea that we are just head and shoulders you know top class the you know that just the creme of the crop on on every front of you know of 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 nba of teams and that other teams don't have a culture that other teams don't have a way that they like to go about business that other teams you know aren't aggressive aren't tough and, and that they haven't seen and heard all of the touting and all of the praise that's been thrown at miami you know since the bubble to nathan's point about kind of what happened to tyler um, he's been found out. He's people have had an entire season to scheme, to talk about him, to prepare for him. People are tired of hearing about Miami for whatever reason. People already didn't respect or get didn't give Miami their due credit um, even before last season. For whatever reason, Miami doesn't ever actually get the credit that a lot of Heat teams feel that they deserve. And so, coming off of last season and into now this season. People are just are, are over it and are, are tired of, of hearing about it as if other teams aren't good and, and don't take pride in the way that they handle their business. And to the Bobby point, um, I just think um, his length, his aggression, his toughness, kind of the stuff that we are missing in Jay, the stuff that I miss personally in DJJ, um, energy, athleticism, you know, hypeness. Those types of things are things that we are grossly missing in spades. And this idea that just, oh, Anybody that really actually could help us is not good enough or we don't think could help is is absurd. Okay, Bobby may be the worst buck, but collectively the Bucks are the better team. So the worst of them, you know, could actually be kind of decent over here is 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 was my my only point with that. I mean, I I don't disagree with like most of what you say. And like, I I also think that like fans have kind of blown out of proportion, like marketing, right? Like. They've marked like the heat, you know, they're a business and they market a certain way. And it's not for not right. Because I mean, players do talk yes, about it there's I mean, something players are to, on the record. Yeah, there is a lot like, to it, but there is a lot real. of it overblown also. Fitness. Yes. Their fitness standard is like legit yep. a real thing where like other yep. players are like, yeah, that's just not for me. Right. And like, I do think Siobhan, they have an unusual organizational stability that other teams don't have. People don't get fired yet. That's, you know what I mean? Like another organization's GMs get fired, coaches get fired. I mean, the same people have worked here for 20 years. And I think when you talk about the idea of culture and this and that, it's like you are able to grow a vision for how you want to run your organization with the same homegrown people instituting these institutional ideas over decades right and i and i think that that's kind of what they've always meant by cultures like this is how we do things and i i'll never forget when lebron first got here and lebron used to skip out like media stuff in cleveland and then Dwayne grabbed lebron and he's like no this is how we do things here Right. And again, this is not like a specific thing to see because, you know, Portland runs a really good. That's my, but that's that's my San Antonio runs it, a really people make it seem like it's unique to the heat. And I think no, that's, but that's that's fans being silly. I mean, I, I think and I think you'll get like some of that like everywhere. But like, you know, it's ridiculous to think the heat are the only well-run organization because that, that's not true. And even if you're like the Lakers where you're not a well-run organization, you'll you'll be good. Right. So it's not like you have to be like this, like super tight ship. Right. You know, you could be a team like the Lakers or the Knicks that fucking backfell into a four seed, right? Like that happens, right? You know, like, and, and sometimes you could be the Spurs who are a really well-run organization and your whole fucking, your whole, your whole universe falls sideways on you because Kawhi hates you, right? So, you know, I, I think it happens and I, I do think there's nuances. The other point I wanted to make about, like the, the hardest stuff was just, that was fans being dumb. And I, and I think other times, 
that was just like ridiculous. And I, and I do think other times with like players like Westbrook and Chris Paul and stuff, that was more of kind of cap situations where, and that you can, you can fault the front office where they valued flexibility over players. And I think that they always kind of chased a dream and they're maybe a little drunk off of 2010. Um, and, and guys, when, when guys like Chris Paul and Westbrook become available, you know, it, it's for a reason, you know, CP3 was hurt. And again, these are misses, right? Westbrook had, you know, some knee problems and, you know, he had a really big salary that you were a little scared of taking, especially because you also had Jimmy's contract and you were going to have to pay Bam. So I do think there's some nuances and, okay, well, we can't, we can't go get that guy because of X, Y, and Z. And also like, you know, they just don't pay the luxury tax very often, especially if they're not contending. I mean, Mickey's paid it a ton, but you know, if you're going to be into the late years of Jimmy Butler, Russell Westbrook and whatever else you have, and you have Bam, who's what, what, not even 30 years old, and you're stuck with a bunch of contracts that you literally can't move. I understand from their perspective, not that they're perfect. And again, they've botched this off season, like totally and flagrantly and the midseason moves were not enough, and they do overblow the marketing. Listen, Savon, I'm the first one to say I fucking hate the Heat Lifer thing because they marketed Heat Lifer, and then they traded Mario Chalmers to offload salary. Like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit, and it's all business, and it's just the shit that they do. But I do think that there's some value in the stuff that they propagate, and I, I agree with you for the most part about all that other stuff, that they're not the only ones who do this, even though some fans feel like they are. I guess that's kind of like what I wanted to say. All right, for the soliloquies. That was a long. Was long. I'm here in a parking lot <laughs> across the street from a Winn Dixie. <laughs> this is where you guys make fun of me. <laughs> no, you're you're not wrong, and I and I, I there is a lot to it, like you said, but there is also it's annoying though. Of, I agree with it's you. incredibly hyperbolic sometimes and annoying, and it pisses other teams off. I think one of my issues. I think we don't give other teams in the league anywhere near enough credit. Like we look so 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 solely at you know what Miami can do, need to do how they can, you know, adjust or whatever without taking into consideration that there are 15 other men on the other side of the floor who are looking to do that same thing and kick you in the ass every chance that they get. So well, most fans don't watch other teams. Yeah, most fans don't. But, <sighs> yeah. Right. And they, but they talk about them like they know. Like they know. Like I know you watch a lot of basketball. Like you're always tweeting about like this game, like you're watching Pelicans Kings on a Tuesday. Right, like you love the game and you're watching all this stuff, so you have like this really wonderfully informed vision of the league. But like most people, a don't even catch every Heat game; they'll catch 65, and then don't watch other teams, and they just kind of re- repeat what they hear on Twitter or on talk radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brad says, "Wow, at me." <laughs> yep. Actually, I thought it specifically about Alf when I said that. Not even. Not even that. I was like, I don't watch other teams. Fuck that. It's my day off. <laughs> so, in a nutshell, let's just wrap this up. Yeah. What's What's one thing they need to do to win on Thursday? Siobhan? Nope. When do y'all start? I think the one thing they need to do is they really need to get into attacking Lopez and drop, but committing to do it, to clear out, to to space, right? So like in game one, I thought they did a good job of kind of running some action and then having a cutter go to the corner so that you can get Brooke in space with other guys, with Goran or Duncan or whoever in corners, where you can go at him simplified. I, I think that sometimes their offense gets a little too complicated. So I think if they kind of simplify their sets, make the reads easy, right? Because and, and at that point, if you're against Brooke one on one in a drop, if somebody does come help, if if he if he plays up a little higher, you can beat him. And if he's low, you, you really have the option of, of your jumper, take your pick or whatever. So to me, that's the one thing they have to do. And they have to really, really commit to doing it, because once you get him off the floor, you're going to make your life so much easier because you're going to make the Bucks play a way that they don't want to play. Right, right. All right, so I'll go. And there's so many things they need to do, and I feel like they're all obvious. Um, 
But I'm going to say something that I didn't think I would be saying all year, and especially mm. in the playoffs. Ooh, gotta, they got to start going. I think they got to start going in that in that starting lineup. I think I he's agree. Have to start. I think none needs to go to the bench. And honestly, I think none needs to lead that bench lineup. You know, Tiff, I like that because kind of <laughs> going back to an earlier point, I think if you get none against Portis, I think you might be able to get him going a little bit better than against Lopez and against Middleton yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. yep. And that's yeah. what I'm thinking. And that's exactly what thinking also because i hate the term i hate the phrase must win but it is so if you're going out swinging then you got to get your vet on the floor are we burning boats what you say are we burning the boats oh i mean i don't know (laughs) um you you hate that right you hate burn the boats I, I hate so many of the, the epithets. Oh, well, I love Bird the Boat. I mean, so much of what they do is ridiculous, but Bird the Boat is objectively funny. Is no, that what I just did? Me. Like, I don't even know what that means. Like, so, okay. Real is that what it really means, but it's provocative. It gets the right. Did I just burn the boats by saying start going? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Let's go. Because it, okay, well, yeah, it seems it's, obvious. It's burn the boat time. Yeah. It's all hands on deck. Let's um, go. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I think starting Gorn is a move um, to inject some offensive life in that first unit, and like you said, to maybe hopefully free up, um, you know, the the bench unit. Um, Bam and Deadman should see more time together. Yep. Uh, yep. I mean, there there are a few things I, you definitely have to attack the drop. You can't just you either have to hit shots or you have to put Brooke Lopez on skates. You have to right. make him retreat, make him backpedal, go at him. Stop playing so passive. Stop playing so timid. Stop playing so afraid. Be decisive in what it is that you, and if that means, like you said, G, simplifying a little bit so that they can be more decisive, then that's what you do. But um, I, I, I like I like starting going and if, if shit, if for nothing else but this, but this one game. Um, right. <laughs> you, it's it's everything. You remember the freaking the, the SpongeBob movie when Plankton had got through all of his plans yes. and then he forgot that he didn't touch Plan Z. We're at Plan Z. <laughs> you got you got Plan KZ. Plan Z. We, we, uh, listen, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell yeah. you this. At some Lance. point, even if even if it's for a quick thirty seconds, yeah. you got you got to use what you got. Yeah, you have, <laughs> you, you laugh, but think about it, G. If 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 Jimmy says I need thirty seconds, all right, KZ, I don't really want you shooting, but get your arms in the passing lanes. That's all yeah, I want you use, to do for thirty. They seconds. did it with Solomon Hill. Use KZ like you use yes, like you use DJJ. You put DJJ yes. on top because he was long and athletic and quick and energetic. Use him in that same type of thirty seconds. Go if you shoot, uh, but get in the passing lanes. That's all I need you to do because. You have, hey, be honest. listen, you have not, you, you, you've, you've shown your hand, right? You've shown your hand. So guess what? Just play the cards. You've shown your hand. You've shown what's up your sleeve. Like they didn't <laughs> show their asses. Show their asses. Like. Bear. Bear asses. But I'm just saying at this point, you got to do what you got to do. So yeah. throw Goran out there. and You know what, Gogi? Get what you can get. Life, love it. All right, guys. Thank you, guys, so much for staying with us through this little therapy session. It's, it's fun to talk <laughs> with friends, even if that loss sucked ass. But you know, we're here having fun, laughing, making jokes. Uh, remember, we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a podcast tonight. Uh, I think it's seven p.m. on Twitch. Uh, and, hey, you know, hey, what up? hey. None of you have any fucking guts. None. Bye. I'm leaving. <laughs> Siobhan didn't, didn't know what burn the boats was. That didn't tip. No guts. Alpha, we burning boats. That's, Alpha, like exactly. that's like a Miami thing. I Alpha, are there. we burning boats? All extra niche. He left. He's out. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. We're out. We'll end it on your answer. Burn the boats.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.